Greetings, mortals. Welcome to Fatal Fortunes. I'm Al. I'm Nathan. Join us for a deep dive into some of history's most fascinating characters who live dangerously beautiful lives and whose legacies haunt us today. giving you an episode on um, transgender pioneer Lily Elb, also known as a subject of The Danish Girl, starring Eddie Redmay, which we will talk about later. But first, of course, we have to talk about what's going on in 1882. This year was not as fun as um, a previous year we did, which was just like coup after coup after coup. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Um, this one is not like that. Um, the Standard Oil Trust was created by John D. Rockefeller. Outlaw Jesse James was killed. He could be another great topic. Yeah. The British... Never, have you seen that movie that has the longest title I've ever heard? No. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Imagine trying to put that... Loaded. Loaded yeah, title. On, like, a little sign for a theater. I Couldn't be me. The British, they captured the Suez Canal and, um subsequently made uh, Egypt a British dominion. Married Women's Property Act of 1882 received royal assent in Britain, and it enabled women to buy, own, and sell property and to keep their own earnings. Big step. Mm. On September 4th, Thomas Edison flips the switch on the first commercial electrical power plant in the United States, lighting up one square mile of lower Manhattan, and this is considered by many as the day that began the electrical age. Nathan, do you want to take it away of what else happened in 1882? Yeah. Um, so I'll never forgive Thomas Edison for getting all of that money and essentially, yeah, ruining us with electricity. Could have had Tesla, could have had some cleaner energy, but no. There's also the first Labor Day held in New York. That's pretty cool. Go Unions. Thank you, unions, for our weekends. Among I don't. Other I don't. That is a Nathan-sponsored statement only. There's a sponsored. I mean, you can be thank. You can thank your union for weekends too. That that doesn't necessarily mean you're for them. But you should. Be. Mm, I don't thank the mob for much. Ah. <laughs> the University of the Punjab at Lahore, undivided India, is founded in. Modern day Pakistan. Hooray! Education. A peace treaty is signed between Paraguay and Uruguay. Pogroms in southern Russia end. What is a pogrom? An organized massacre of a particular ethnic group, that of particular the Jewish people in Russia and Eastern Europe. Damn. Yep. My ancestors survived that shit. That's how I'm here today. I was, re- I was literally just talking about that place we went in Rome um, with our professor Ralph Trust. Don't even remind and me. It was horrible. I know it was horrible. I was, I was, I was reminding myself. I'm like, yeah, we had to escort would, out of that place because it was not. A good, I would have much rather place. seen Mussolini's desk. Yeah, it would have been a nice day to see a dictator's desk. Okay, not <laughs> to have to relive the traumas of you know Jewish ethnic cleansing in yeah. Europe, but whatever. FDR is born. Wow. Only person to serve four terms and then die in the fourth one, right? Yep. Good yep. for him. Uh, Muhammad Mossadegh is born. 
Robert Hitchens. Oh, no. The guy at the wheel of the Titanic when it hit the iceberg was born. That's, that's tragic. And Ralph Waldo Emerson dies in this year, 1882. I think it's a fun one. I would solidly call this a fun one. It's got a good balance of um, happiness and tragedy as opposed to just tragedy, tragedy, tragedy. Definitely. But, of course, none of that stuff is what we're here to talk about today because we are here to talk about Lily Elb, who was born on what we think was December 28th, 1882 in... Mm, yeah, I mean... Vejla? Or is it like Veg- the silent J of, like, Vale, Denmark? Okay, it could be that. It is speculated by some doctors that Lily was born intersex, but she was assigned male at birth. Because of this assignment, she obviously had a lot of gender dysphoria. For anyone who hasn't heard of this term, gender dysphoria is the clinically significant distress or impairment due to the strong desire to be of another gender. Nathan and I could not really find much about her family life and her upbringing, so the story starts a little bit in the middle. She presented as a man for most of her life. Her teenage years also found her moving to Copenhagen, Denmark, to study art at the Royal Danish Academy of Fine Art at the age of 19. Lily was really artistic from a young age, uh, being drawn to, you know, landscapes and cityscapes at this time. The landscapes that she painted were um, very depressing. They were full of dank bogs and uh, the general cruelness related to this bleak landscape, which she has grown up in. And um, no wonder her gender identity conflicts, they hadn't really begun until she had started school in Copenhagen. So while Lily is at the Royal Danish Academy of Fine Arts... She meets someone who will later be her wife, Gerda Gottlieb. I also, did you see uh, her named Greta or like other G names? Because I kept getting Greta versus Gerda. They might have, you know, Germanicized it or something, depending on the source. Yeah. So I think the majority of the times I I saw her uh, credited as Gerda. So I'm just going to refer to her as that. Gerda is another painter who specializes in the art nouveau or art deco style. It's pretty cool. Pretty pretty hip for the early 1900s. And the two fell in love and married in 1904 when Gottlieb was 19 and Elb was 22. They really loved painting together and traveled around Italy, Denmark, and France working when in 1907 Lily is awarded the Newhausen's Prize at the Artists' Fall Exhibition in Denmark. After this award, you know, that's a nice little shining star in Lily's career. Uh, Gerda also is very successful in this relationship. She illustrates books and fashion magazines that portrayed that new age painting um, aforementioned. And Lily was obviously also a very skilled illustrator. So around this time, Gerda's also painting a lot of portraits, And this is where Lily and her exploration of womanhood and gender begins. Like we said earlier, it was kind of hard to find exact years um, for when everything is happening, when the first portrait of Lily occurs. But definitely by 1913, people in the art world are starting to catch on that the beautiful woman in all of these portraits is Gerda's spouse. The first paintings probably happened within the first years of their marriage. And the way it ended up happening was somewhat by accident, because the original subject of this portrait was supposed to be Anna Larson, who is a popular Copenhagen actress. And Anna was actually the one to suggest the name Lily, 
and it stuck. When Anna and Gerda had this idea to use Lily and her, quote, very pretty legs, Lily initially refused, kind of embarrassed, thought initially that uh, they were teasing her. But eventually she's coerced into putting on heels and a very curly wig. After this first successful portrait, Lily went on to pose many more times, especially after the couple decided to move to Paris, finally, in 1912. This was a place where Lily felt a lot more comfortable to go out into the world with more femme clothes. It must have been very difficult at this time. In Europe, there was no common knowledge about being transgender, and because of this loneliness, Lily suffered from depression a lot. However, it wasn't all bad, as Lily did attend many parties in her famously lavish clothes that a lot of the times she wore in those portraits. Most of these events, she would be the star of the show, the star dancer all night. In 1924, her work of landscapes was shown in Paris at the Salon d'Automne and the Salon d'Independence. It is a shame that her paintings ceased once she started to transition because I do think that you can see the landscapes getting a little bit brighter as she moves to Paris away from, you know, her life in Denmark where she's constantly having to um, wear men's clothes. Those later portraits, I think, are, uh, yeah, are a lot brighter and, and probably reflective of the way she's feeling. She's very lucky to have Gerda supporting her and also a lot of other friends. But like I said earlier, it's hard uh, because transgender people were not really given any resources to help with this transition. But that was all about to change. Up until this point in history, it was assumed that there had been no sex reassignment surgeries or transitions between genders of any kind, at least in the Western world. Trans people were even more invisible in the 1920s, but Lily and Gerda had heard of experimental procedures happening. So in 1930, Lily underwent the first of her four operations to reassign her sex. The first surgery was in Berlin, performed by Erwin Gorbant. Under the supervision of sexologist Magnus Hirschfeld, the final three surgeries were all performed by Kirk or Kurt Kurt Varnacross at the Dresden Women's Municipal Clinic. With the first, second, and third surgeries all being a success, the German and Danish newses were all abuzz. Because of all this press, the Danish court ended up annulling Lily and Gerda's marriage because. According to Danish law, Lily was now a woman and same-sex marriage was not legal in Denmark. Their marriage just had to be annulled. And I want to see if gay marriage is legal in Denmark today. Ah, legal since 2012. Thank goodness. There you go. So, of course, that does not happen to couples in Denmark today. Thank God. This was, you know, the final nail in the coffin for their marriage dissolving. They had been not separated, I would say. Like, Gerda was definitely still supporting Lily, but was also branching out and becoming more independent in her own life. She actually ends up remarrying also. Lily has now changed and legally become Lily Elise Elvins? Yeah, I think so. Elvin? Finally, I could say something. Elb actually was a surname that was later introduced um, by a journalist, and it is the name of the river that is next to the Dresden Women's Clinic where she was staying. Lily had always assumed that she was a heterosexual person, and now since surgery, she wanted to actually pursue being with men. She wanted to have children, etc. Um, I think that this bolsters the claims that she was, in fact, intersex because 
Gerda and Lily were together for so long without there even being, you know, a miscarriage recorded on record. So I definitely think that there was something with the anatomy of either one or both of them that prevented them from having children. But again, not a doctor. It's just my opinion. Basically, she specifically really fell in love with this uh, art dealer named Claude Lejeune. Lily wanted to have children with Claude specifically, so it was time for her to try and attempt her final surgery. And her final surgery was to transplant a uterus. Lily's fourth surgery went really badly. Her immune system rejected the uterus, and the operation to remove said uterus led to an infection that caused her death from cardiac arrest on September 13, 1931, three months after the initial surgery. She was buried in Dresden, but the grave was destroyed in the 1960s. Focus Features bought a new tombstone for her, which says her name, place of birth, and date of death. Lily, of course, has been mentioned so much in popular culture, and that's why we know about her today. The LGBTQ Film Festival Mix Copenhagen awards four Lily Awards every year in her honor. And then, of course, we have to talk about The Danish Girl, which is, of course, another movie that I saw at the Kendall Square Cinema back in my heyday of movie watching. First, in the year 2000, a writer named David Ebershoff wrote The Danish Girl, a fictional novel of her life, and screenwriter Lucinda Coxon wrote a screenplay in 2004, but it took over 12 years for the movie to get off the ground. Basically, every name in Hollywood was attached to this project. I remember first hearing about the story because Nicole Kidman's production company, Blossom Films, was attached to it for a while. Thomas Alfredson, best known for directing Letting Let the Right One In, was first attached to the movie in 2009, but in that same year, he was no longer attached. Apparently, the news had spread before he had finalized his contract to direct the film. A different Swede was attached to the film in 2010, Lays Hellstrom is what I'm going to call him. Lays Hellstrom was best known for directing all of the ABBA music videos. Nice. Eventually, Tom Hopper was picked to direct the film, and he is best known for directing that horrible movie, Cats. Did you see Cats? No. 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 Like I said earlier, Nicole Kidman was one of the first actors attached to the film to play Lily, with Charlize Theron playing Gerda, but she left and was replaced by Gwyneth Paltrow. But when the filming location changed, she dropped out as well. Uma Thurman was rumored to replace her, but was never confirmed by anyone involved in the project, so I don't get how this rumor showed up. Marion Cotillard was then rumored to be the next replacement, but I think her accent is honestly just too wrong for the part. It's wrong. In 2010, the film received $1.5 million from the German Film Board and planned to shoot for 19 days in Germany. They did start filming in 2010 in Berlin with Hopper, but this was all put on pause. The filming was supposed to continue with baddie Rachel Wise playing Gerda, but in May, she and Halstrom left the project. So it's very confusing. It's like ping pong, ping pong, ping pong. Three years later, Eddie Redmay was announced as the lead under the mentorship of Lana Wachowski of Matrix fame. Finally, Alicia Vikander was cast as Gerda, and I think Alicia Vikander is a really tan individual. I didn't know that they had tan people in Sweden. I don't even think I know who this person looks like since I have yet to see the Danish girl. She's married to Michael Fassbender. That helps. Wow. Well, that guy is attractive. Yeah. The shooting of the movie took place in London, Copenhagen, Brussels, among others, and they filmed 186 scenes across six countries. The movie's score was recorded one week, 
one singular week before the film premiered at the Venice Film Festival. That is so bloody scary to me. The film's ending, however, does not parallel the book or real life, and it showed Lily and Gerda together to the end, even though this isn't true. The film was released by Focus Features on November 27th, 2015. The film's budget was at that time $15 million, but the decades of time it took to make the film are not included in that number, of course. The film grossed uh, $64 million worldwide, and Alicia Vikander won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. But because of her screen time, it was more than half of the film's entire runtime, so she in fact qualified for Best Actress consideration. But Focus Features wanted to put all of their resources behind Brie Larson that year oh, for Best Actress. Oh, for Room. That's right. Yeah. So, yep, Brie Larson did win that year. Oh, uh, yeah. Kate Planchette was up for Carol. Jennifer Lawrence was up for Joy. Charlotte Rampling for 45 Years. And Saoirse Rowan for Brooklyn. What a gay Holy shit, year. Oscar's so white. That was a gay white year. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds just like Massachusetts. Just like every year? Oh, yeah. At the BAFTAs, however, and the Golden Globes, she was, Alicia Vikander, was nominated for Best Actress. The film is banned in Qatar, the UAE, Oman, Bahrain, Jordan, Kuwait, and Malaysia. Wow. Go team. Some more differences between the film and real life. Uh, Elb was not the first trans woman to undergo sex reassignment surgery. The first was Dora Richter who lived until 1933 when the Nazis destroyed the Institute for Sexual Research in Berlin. Think about how far we could have come without the Nazis. Also, like, that was something I also saw about the documents of Lily's transition. Like, they got destroyed when the Nazis came in. Imagine how many other people, yeah. It's like how we don't know how to do mummies. They destroyed the mummy instructions? Yes. It's what like we, we make all these advances and then the documents get destroyed and then we have to start all over again. Lily and Gerda moved to Paris in 1912, not the late 20s like the film suggested. The scene where Lily is beaten in the Paris streets is also fictional. Another uh, thing that they got wrong in the movie after her transition, her name is Lily Isle Elvens, but the name Elb was invented, like we said, by that journalist. Lulu's lesson. The Hans character in the movie did not exist in real life and was loosely based on Gerda's second spouse, Porta. And this Porta was not a childhood friend of either character. And then in the film, Lily dies after her second surgery associated with her transition. But in real life, like we said, she died after her fourth. This says fifth, but you mean fourth? Well, isn't it a fifth surgery if... Oh, you're right, because they were trying to get it out. Yeah. You're right. So fourth and fifth surgery is what ended up um, causing her to pass away. But this film says it was after only the second one, which we know is not true. We have linked a little documentary in our um, show notes, and you can also see some more of our sources there. Definitely go check out our website. It's a little bit of fun. Um, When I first saw the movie at the Kendall Square Cinema... I thought it was good, but five years since the release of this film, I do not think it has aged well. Uh, Redmayne said in 2021 that he regrets taking the part. Um, I think of this as a piece of fiction because the writer says he isn't telling a true story, the guy who wrote the book, 
but because there's no real canon for her story, I think some of the person who Lily was gets lost in the character that others made her out to be, but we wanted to, you know, shed some light on her. It's been almost, you know, 90 years since her passing, so here we are. I mean, I vaguely remember this film's release. Like I said, I, I still have not seen it, and I I don't know, I do think it was because I heard when it was getting released that people were upset about who they cast as the actor, which, you know, makes sense. It's not a trans person. It's um, not, not even, a Danish person, not even a Danish person, not even someone who um, is open about being part of the queer community in any way, shape or form. And I'm just thinking about was this also the year that. Oh, no. So two, it was two years later. I'm getting my years confused because then two years later. There was um, controversy in, in film again about people not liking the South Korean actress Scarlett Johansson playing <laughs> um, certain roles. And Dude, you I can understand. Me. Oh, my God. I can understand people's, um, yeah, unease <laughs> oh with, my God. with Eddie Redmayne playing this part because, yeah, like he said, I think, I think given space and also maybe, I don't know. So he definitely knew, and someone on that film must have definitely known trans people, and yet no one. Well, he upon did. He asked his bestie Lana Wachowski, "What? Uh, how? How oh, I play fair. this role?" Fair, but I don't think that uh, Lana is the best like person to go to ask advice with her pink dreads still, right? Oh, does she still have pink dreads? I'm Ooh. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she still got pink dreads. Yeah, hot pink. Well, yeah, this was this story. Um, I hope we don't sound ignorant. We might. <laughs> we might sound just ignorant. Watch things change in this episode age really poorly, too. We were talking about all of the records getting destroyed. You can only imagine, right, how many other people we don't even know about because of the destruction of their histories. Yep. And... I don't know. I think talk. I think talking about it is a way to bring them back in some way. Even if we do, pro- we're probably getting some of these facts wrong. Um, I hope. I hope to be corrected in the future because it's important to remember these people as like an integral part to medical um, advancements and also just like yeah, how many people they impacted in their life. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to give us a rating on Spotify, which you can do now. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out our website for our show notes with our sources and more fun goodies. Um, I think that's it. We'll see you guys next time.